Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome, welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host, Misha Gloverman. Trampoline Hall is this. It's a lecture series that takes place in a bar, uh, usually in Toronto, although occasionally we visit other cities. Uh, People can lecture on all sorts of topics, but the one restriction is that it cannot be their job to know the thing. They may not be professionally expert on the subject on which they speak. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. And this is the Trampoline Hall podcast, which is a podcast of that thing. On each episode, we delve into our archives of all of our recordings going back many years, and we choose uh, one lecture for you to listen to. Um, If you like the podcast and you're in Toronto, uh, you might want to come check out the show. Uh, Join our email list, find out what it is, uh, and you will enjoy it. But for now, let us speak not of the future, but rather of um, the the immediate future, uh, which is what you're going to do right now, which is listen to uh, this episode of the podcast. Uh, Oh, and I should tell you, uh, this episode may contain mature language. Uh, That could be a warning or an enticement, depending on how you feel about swearing. The topic is My Life as an Alien, A Journey into Afrofuturism, and the lecturer is Vanessa Fisher. Hi. How's everyone? I just kicked over my bottle. So I'm Vanessa, and I'm an alien. Uh, Not in the Ridley Scott sense, or in the illegal way, just that in the way that I feel unlike people and that I don't belong at times. Sometimes when I meet people, they ask me, they'll say, where are you from? And I'll say, I'm from here. And then they'll say, where are you from? And then I'll say, Toronto? And then they'll ask me, they'll say, but what's your background? In my head, I always want to say, I'm from a place you've never heard of, up in the stars, behind a star you've never heard of in a galaxy you're not invited to. But usually, I hold my breath and I say, I'm German-Jamaican. And to which they respond, oh. (laughs) I've always kind of felt alien. I still feel alien at times. I can look into this room and see very few people who look similar to me. I grew up in the suburbs going to schools where everyone was predominantly Caucasian. I think the advantage of coming from a mixed-race family is that you start off being colorblind. I think only when the other kids at school started to point out my differences, then I really started to notice my alien tendencies. So I want to share with you my journey into Afrofuturism. As for me, it started quite young. What is Afrofuturism, you may ask? Well, it's a world imagined through a black cultural lens, envisioning black futures that stem from black experiences. 
Afrofuturism encompasses a whole range of things. Uh, music, literature, film, and technology. Uh, so many things you probably already knew existed but didn't really put together. Like, for instance, what if Guillaume Stuart Bluford was the first man in space instead of the first African-American man in space, which happened 20 years later? Or what if James Earl Jones was Darth Vader instead of just his voice? Or imagine if most technologies were invented in Africa instead of North America and Europe? Wakanda forever. Uh, I remember when I was in grade four and I was in a playground by myself and this girl came up to me and she said, you're a nigger. And my snappy response was, no I'm not, you are. <laughs> I had no idea what it meant. I had never heard that word before or understood its implications. I just remember feeling bad. I didn't want to be that word. But for all I knew, she was making fun of the fact that I was the teacher's pet or she knew about my stamp collection. But the way she said it was so matter-of-fact. What it was she was saying about me, I could not change. Whatever, I thought. I wasn't going to be friends with her. I don't like mean people. I always grew up loving the stars. One of my first memories about the stars was a book my mother would read me called Le Petit Prince, The Little Prince. Is anyone familiar with this story? Yeah. Um, if you don't know it, I highly recommend you read it. It's a kid's book, so you'll be done in about 100 pages with illustrations. It's my favorite book. I even have a tattoo from it. It's about a boy who lives on a tiny planet, and uh, he has three live volcanoes that he takes care of, and one of his best friends is a fox. And he takes care of a very high-maintenance rose who he loves dearly, and he flies around to surrounding planets using the migration patterns of birds. One day he comes down to Earth, and a pilot writes a story about him. These are just snippets of the book. I don't want to ruin it for those of you who are going to go home after this and read it before you go to bed, but the message of the book of this, and it's not going to wreck it, is what is essential to the heart is invisible to the eye. And that's something that's always stuck with me my whole life. There are many essential things that, are, that we can't see that exist. For instance, air. We would all die if we couldn't breathe. Then there's atoms, quantum particles, gravity, the upside down, or another alternate dimension. And then I think of energy, emotions, hope, and then the most important visible thing of all. Dun, 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 can you guys guess it? Love. That's right, love. <laughs> and as cheesy as it is, if we all loved each other, maybe we wouldn't hurt so much. As uh, school went on, I got called Afropuff because I chose to wear my hair natural. Oreo because I looked black and sounded white. I didn't have any friends that looked like me. I was definitely not white enough for the white kids and I wasn't black enough for the black kids. So I did what any misunderstood alien would do and I started actively searching for books about space. I always thought <laughs> if the little prince could figure a way to use his space birds to get from planet B612 to Earth, then surely I could figure a way to get off this planet too. I started a new school when I was in grade five. We moved from Brampton to London, Ontario, not that exciting. Uh, <laughs> it was an art school and you had to audition to get into it. So I thought, finally, kids are gonna get me because they had to put in some kind of effort to get there. And perhaps these kids wouldn't judge my alien ways. I remember one day in class, the teacher said that we were gonna go to space camp. And I was so ecstatic at the thought of possibly being able to see worlds up close. I remember arriving there, seeing the painted stars on the walls, the diagrams of planets and galaxies, and trying to look closely to see if I could get a glimpse into a world I maybe belonged to, 
or at the very least, the Little Prince's Place. I remember eating freeze-dried Napoleon ice cream sandwiches and going to sleep on a bunk bed with a thin silver plastic sheet covering my body, looking up at the stars through the skylight, hoping for a sign of extraterrestrial life. In the morning after breakfast, we went to the observatory. When I looked through the telescope, I imagined I saw something, worlds that no one had ever seen. Perhaps I discovered a new star, or that I found the planet I hoped I was from. But I didn't, and space camp was over, and I had to go back to school. In my teenage years, after all the Afropuff teasing, I started to get my hair relaxed. I thought, if I had straight hair, at least I wouldn't get made fun of for that. You'd go to this place, this salon, where sometimes you'd have to wait over an hour or more just to be seen. Hashtag black girl problems. There were a lot of people who looked very similar to me, uh, and they would, mostly with darker skin, but still they would talk about things that I could relate to. Skin creams and lotions to make sure your outer layer looked good, ways to sleep to protect your hair, new words to say, and music to hear. But I hated getting a relaxer, though. It would burn my scalp, and sometimes I would wake up with blood on my pillow and scabs in my head. But this was the price I thought I had to pay in order to be accepted as the same. But even with straight hair, I could not hide the alien I was inside. I was still a really weird kid. I hung out with the outsiders in school, with the girl who saved over six months of her allowance so she could buy a Queen Amidala costume to wear to school. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, I liked the goths, the only out gay kid, all the kids in yearbook, so obviously I was still made fun of. I was called the communist in economics because I questioned the textbooks, and <laughs> I was called a freak because I was in a drama program at a school full of jocks. Even in drama, I was only ever in the chorus for the plays and musicals, except for when the Crucible came around, and then of course, I was Tituba, the black slave witch from Barbados. <laughs> I love the outsiders. Outsiders are my kind of people. We talk about movies and music and comics. I think it's our lack of representation in mainstream culture that made us like each other. It's what we had in common, a marginalized community wanting to be upfront and represented, an alien nation, an alien nation. So back to Afrofuturism, because to be honest, I didn't realize this was a term until maybe five years ago or so. Uh, the term came from writer Mark Derry in this essay he wrote in 1995 called Black to the Future, where he questioned why there weren't enough black science fiction authors considering the prevalence of sci-fi elements in African-American art and music. Afrofuturism is an aesthetic philosophy of science and history that combines elements of sci-fi, historical fiction, fantasy, Afrocentrism, and magical realism in order to address not only the present-day problems of black people, but also to revise, interrogate, and re-examine the historical events of the past. Some Afrofuturistic works include, I'm just going to give you guys a list in case you want to know, uh, Octavia Butler, Samuel R. Delaney, Nalo Hopkinson, Paul Gilroy, The Art of Jean-Michel Basquiat, and Wengache Mutu, music from Sunra, Drexia, Parliament, Outcast, Janelle Monet, Dame Funk, Erica Badu, and Thundercat, movies like Space is the Place, Star Wars, Brown Girl Begins, Blade, A Wrinkle in Time, and Black Panther, and a shows like Black Lightning, Firefly, Luke Cage, and Star Trek. I watched a lot of Star Trek when I was a kid. Geordi LaForge, Worf, Guinan. I loved their costumes and how many people of different races, even species, could somehow work together on this floating spaceship in the sky. And it was nice to watch another show besides the Cosby show and see more people who looked like me. 
Um, perhaps another memory of my Afrofuturist path were my mother's Boney M records. I loved Night Flight to Venus. Yeah. I remember dancing to the record she had. It was a perfect mix of Caribbean rhythms and disco vibes. She also had Mothership Connection, the Parliament record with, Jer with George Clinton legs akimbo atop a UFO. It's a good one. Listening to these sounds gave me a deep love for synth sounds and songs about space. Finding house music, techno, and funk gave my alien side a soundtrack and something to listen to on my quest for space. I often think about the sci-fi movies I've seen, and in the majority of them, there's usually one black character, and sometimes there are none. When I watch them, I think about the limited scope of which my race is shown, and in some instances, not at all. Do I not exist in the future? When a likeness of myself is not seen in these films, I like to imagine all who look like me have been taken back to Sirius B, a star that exists behind the brightest star in the night sky, a place discovered by the dog and tribe of Mali that is invisible to the eye. Black History is kind of like a strange sci-fi movie, if you think about it. A group being kidnapped from their homeland and taken to a distant place, forced into slavery, abused, branded, sold, probed, raped, sterilized, bred for labor and the prosperity of an economy, experimented on, denied equal and civil rights. Like, if that doesn't sound like a precursor to District 9, I don't know what does. To me, Afrofuturism makes me feel like my life matters. It reclaims ownership of a black identity, I often think if people had an Afrofuturist mindset, they would see that we come in peace. We're not hostile creatures. I don't need to be followed in a store or told that people are watching me or that I fit the description or that you saw me at that place or that you'd like to touch my hair or that I look like a friend of yours who also happens to be a light-skinned brown girl. Sorry, my paint is stuff. <laughs> I think it's an arrogant mindset that intelligent creatures would want to inflict harm on others. Like aliens with super high-tech spaceships and advanced weaponry are gonna independence day the Earth the first chance they get instead of trying to understand us. I was always on this journey before I knew it had a name. Afrofuturism is about the possibility to be, to, to be able to see myself in the future. And I will continue to broadcast my message in the event that someone is listening. And I will find my people wherever they are, scattered across the universe, behind invisible things, because space is a place and I am proud to be an alien. Live long and prosper. Vanessa Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Are there any questions? 
good. That's there good. we go. Yeah, see, man. Do you follow space news, like from NASA and stuff? Or are you do you follow space news? I do. I love. I'm very interested in all aspects of space. Um, I have this app on my phone. You can get, and it sends you a picture of the Na what NASA sees in the sky, so you get to see all sort of nebulas and things like that. But I, I do enjoy all sorts of, all aspects of space. Do you also? Is that why you're smiling, nodding and smiling? You're just, you just like to know what people, what people <laughs> follow. All right. Anything else? Anything else you would like to know? How do you feel about Black Panther, specifically it being like the most mainstream example of Afrofuturism? Is that the question? Yeah, like it's a representation, or it's obviously just one piece, but... I, th I think it's a great movie, but it's a, it's a Marvel movie, and that's a Disney movie, so it's like anything that wants to be said is going to get Disneyfied in a certain degree, but I think it's nice to be able to see a movie where there's a lot of people who look like you in it, and, and for young kids, too, I think it's great to, to be inspired in that way. I don't think there's ever been an, a movie like that besides, like, Meteor Man or something, but that's not, that's not as good. That's not uh, a, Meteor that's Man not was not as yeah. good. As, you're not as like, Black Panther. If you no, like no. Black Panther, you should go see Meteor Man. It's not like a 100%. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yes, yes, over there. If you were in uh, Octavia Butler's Lilith's group, would you breed with the aliens, or would you try to survive? If you were in, and I don't even know, the, I don't even know the, the thing you're talking about, but there's a choice about whether to breed with the aliens. What's, what, and what are we asking about you now? now are you already in like he a was, He was asking if I would choose to breed with the aliens or be on my own. In, in which? In, in Lilith Brood, Octavia Butler's Lilith So for Brood. those of you, for everyone who I assume knows what that choice represents in Lilith Brood, Dang. I don't know. Would you breed with the aliens? Um, and why is that a question? <laughs> I'm there, I like have so many questions now about what you guys just exchanged <laughs> there. I, I assume this is a story in which you have to choose whether to breed with aliens in some sort of way. <laughs> it's not just like a weird thing to ask someone. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I think there's something special about becoming something else. You should read that. There's a good trilogy I just read uh, by this author in Didi Okenfor. It's called Binti. Do you know that? Yeah. It's really good. And it's also about a little bit about the being alien and becoming alien. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. How long do you need to think about it? Like, is it like something, do you just need like, like a few seconds now kind of thing? Yes. Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. What are That's the pros the and cons? What happens in the story? Is it a, I don't even, is it a work of fiction? Is it a story? Is it a book? It's a work of fiction, yeah. And so what I said, I didn't mean as opposed to <laughs> truth. Who <laughs> <laughs> I, I put that question aliens. wrong? I was like, was it like a movie or a book or like a... It's a book. Okay, yeah. all right, it's a book. Yeah, I was like, I was just, yeah, okay. Um, and then what are, the, what are the pros and cons within this book? What are the pros and cons? Like people have to choose whether to breed with aliens. Is that right? Or there's like a people face that choice in it? Um, I can't... That's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag is complicated. Right. Well, that, that my questioning clearly didn't question, help. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll tease this out easily. Read the book. Okay, all right, Read I'll be right book. back. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, all right, well, we'll come, so we'll come back to that. Maybe something will cla clarify this as we go on. Yes, you, sir. Do you like, yeah, what's it like going somewhere where you can't speak the language and are therefore more alien? Is that your question? Yeah, right. Because you're still human, but you can't talk to people. So it's more like being a space alien. Like, like being in Spain would be like being a space alien a little tiny bit. I think there's still ways you can interact with people, whether you're alien or not. It's like, have you seen, a, what's that, Arrival? Have you seen that? Yeah, so it's like they have their own language, but there's still always a way to communicate 
with people, whether you speak a language or not, I think. It's like certain things are like international languages like music or dancing or food. Those are things I think everyone can sort of share. So I think no matter where you are, you can kind of be when like, you oh, you like the song? Do you, have you, do you go to other places? Have you traveled much in other places? Have you I been to places where, like, where you don't speak the language, say, like as that example? Yes. And what is, how does that feel in terms of your like, feeling alien? Do you feel more alien, less alien, good way, bad way? Like what is it? I don't think I feel more. I think I don't think I feel more or less alien when I go to places I don't right. speak the language. I always try to learn a couple phrases. Right. I feel. I think it's just which is what aliens would do too. Yeah. Just a couple <laughs> things yeah. to blend yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't so want to be you found out. You just show out. up and you say, "Are we come in peace or yeah. whatever?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there. So 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 not. So no, it's not like a huge. It's not like a a huge difference in terms of your feeling different or feeling alien. Or any kind no. Of All right. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. You sir. Do you think there are aliens? Do you think there are aliens amongst us? Comes the, comes the non-suspicious-looking gentleman in the middle of the room over there. <laughs> well, I just outed myself as an alien, so I'm going to say yes. Like extraterrestrial aliens. If there was what? What was the? If they're among us, you think if they were among us, they would not be extraterrestrial just by, <laughs> by virtue of Earth's incredibly permissive immigration policy. That as soon as you come here, you're just terrestrial. You're just like, it's a fair point. But you know what I mean. So people who, are <laughs> people who, 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 are, who came from other planets, although of course now we welcome them and consider them our own. Uh, yeah, it's like, do you ever watch those documentaries of the deep sea stuff and you see, like have you seen The Abyss? Yeah, that's how I feel. There are extraterrestrial aliens among us. Some of the stuff below in the ocean is so. So like deep sea creatures. Yeah, even octopus right. are kind of And also of not terrestrial, right? Because they're sea-based, smart guy. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, all right, okay, you. All right, all right, you win, you win. But yeah, so there's this, there's the creatures of the sea. But do you, but you're asking, you're asking like space creatures. Like you're like, are there you on just you're like, are there creatures who are born on other planets? Who are here? Well, not a lot of people have different opinions. Some right, there are some people who have different us, opinions. Some people think we're waiting to meet them still. Some people think they're out there, we're waiting to meet them. Some people think they're already here. Some people think. Do you have like a. I feel like the world is so big, possibilities are endless. There could be aliens here we don't know about. Okay. But you don't have like a strong, like, uh, strong opinion. You're like, yeah, it could be possible. Yes, it could be possible. Okay. That's my opinion. There we that. go. There we go. Is that does that satisfy you? Does that answer your question? <laughs> Certainly, it does. Great. Anything else? Yes, over there. Yes. Sorry. Do you think about first contact? Like, are you looking forward to like, like our first contact? I see it's like the aliens come and they really make themselves known to us. Is that the? Do you think about that? I think I used to think about it. I used to have weird dreams about going into space and meeting aliens. But in a different sense, it's like the aliens that I would see in my dreams weren't something you would see in a film. It was more like an essence or a spirit or a color that, would, that I would go and I would reach into. I have really weird dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other trampoline hall. <laughs> uh, yes, up there, yeah. So, oh, that's so, what would be, so, so that's a great question. So, so given that like 
and, and it seems like a safe bet for like that like Black Panther is such a huge thing. So for a huge number of people, that's going to be their first their first like piece of Afrofuturism. And your question is like, oh, is there something that you would wish would people would rather have had as their first piece of Afrofuturism? Is that your is that a fair summary? Okay. Um, there's lots of stuff I think that existed before, like st like Star Trek or Star Wars. But I think if there's if you want to go out and read a book, there's a book of short stories by Octavia Butler called Blood Child, and it has a lot of I don't know, it's an easy read because they're short stories and her point of view I think is one of the best in the world of Afrofuturism. If you talk to, I went to go see a movie called Brown Girl Begins. It's based on a, a book from this author, Nalo Hopkinson. And uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, she talks about Afrofuturism not even being a genre. She considers herself just part of the world of sci-fi. So I think there's a lot of sci-fi out there that has like black elements in it that you can read, but or that you can see. Or, but I say read that book is a really really good one. So Octavia, the Octavia Butler book is that's our first, and also an easy yeah. read. It's like an easy read, yeah. Like the Little Prince, okay. Which is everyone likes a short story. It's true, right? yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, anything else? Any other questions people have? Oh, yes, over there. Yes. Now that we know you're an alien, do you want to know what you what you what you an what she answers when people ask where they're from? Well, you answer differently now. Oh, if anyone here, yeah, maybe I'll say I'm from Sirius B. That's where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does that does that answer your question? Does that satisfy you? <laughs> you're, you're mad because you don't know where Sirius B is. All right. So so not satisfying enough. <laughs> Any other questions? Anything else people like? No. Yes, up here. Yeah. Where does this? Where does the alien face come from? Oh, I'm very. I don't know. My my life is full of aesthetics. So if I thought if I was doing a speech about being an alien and then I was super nervous, I could just put it above my face like this, and then you guys would think that I was actually an alien that was made of silver. And then the funny thing is, there probably were some people who thought that, but we're not. They're never going to admit it. We're not yes. going to get them to. <laughs> Does it? Does the story ever seem flipped for you? Like for you? So so you were talking. You were like, oh, like you feel like an alien in the world because you're out in the world and you uh, um, are and you feel different. You feel like you look different from other people and and you don't. I whatever. And the identity feels different. You look to look different from white people. You look different from black people too. Um, and so you feel like you're alone and alien. Um, but does that ever, um, I guess that when I think about aliens, like very often it's the opposite situation. Like sometimes the alien is the one person who's all alone, but sometimes the alien is the race of people, right? It's like, oh, there's like the one person who's the protagonist going off to the other planet and they're all the aliens. So does it ever feel to you like everyone else is the alien or is it always that you're the alien? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that a... Uh, I don't know. I think it's just from, based on just on my experience, I've always just felt kind of left out, like last one picked type but I've always been okay with that. Right. So in a sense, it's like I do feel that way, but I'm okay with it. Sure, sure. No, and it's uh, not, it's not so, but it's still like you who are the alien. Like you never feel like you're, you never feel like, oh, like you're in a world surrounded by aliens or is, it, or is that even different? I think that's different. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I have all my, like my closest friends and then we feel like we're each other's, we're part of the same species of alien, right. which is kind of nice. Yeah, I bet. But often, I think out in the world, I, I just feel a little different. Right, I feel right. a little alien. 
Right. Okay. And it, but it, and it never, and it's always you. It's always that you're always. It's always that. I don't know why I'm, I'm sort of. I don't know. I don't know why. Like having this idea that like it could be different. That it could be that we're that everyone else is aliens. And that you're, but that's not how it feels. It's always you, right? It's always. It's always yeah. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Anything else? Any other? Anything else you would like to know? Yes. All the way in the back. Yes. Back on the wall. Yes. What's that? When people ask you where you're from, do you ever feel like you just don't have to tell them anything and that it's none of their business? Is that the question? <laughs> All right. Some, sometimes a good answer from that, if someone asks me where I'm from, then I just say I'm from my mother, and that's Aww. that's enough, right? <laughs> right? It's nice because it's, it's like it's like it's like so um, mean and so sweet at the same time. It's yeah, it's sort of, it's that's, sort of that's the best way to it's have like, an It's like go to hell while invoking like the motherly love that unites us all. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, <laughs> It's just an interesting question because it's like if you meet someone and ask them where they're from, is that going to change your opinion on them? If I say I'm from the wrong country mixed together, are you going to be like, oh, no, we can't be friends? Or it's just to satisfy someone's curiosity, which I find is only asked when you're mixed sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so, 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 that, so yeah, so that's one way to say, to say no, <laughs> to say no, thank you. Does that, does that answer your question? Yeah, your, all right, cool. Your mother. <laughs> My mother. Saying, I'm, saying, I'm saying your mother is a very different response. Yeah. <laughs> I, only s I only said it because I know her. <laughs> oh, I see. You, you could talk about your mother. Yeah, Just to be clear, everyone's talking very respectfully about each other's mothers here. I love your mother. And yeah. things haven't escalated yeah. anyway. All right, good. Uh, anything else? Any other questions? Oh, yes, back there. Yes, all the way back there. Yes, thank you. So more, uh, more about what you're ab able to imagine for yourself. How you're able to imagine your future because of black representation and Afrofuturism. Like more about what you imagine for your future individually. Um, I like to write, so I just try to. I don't know. I write stories about I don't know sci-fi and things that don't exist now, or worlds that I wish that could exist, or things that I want to see, and I think that's how I kind of incorporate all of Afrofuturism to it, just imagining a world where everybody's equal, and the, th the things that I see could be the things that you see, or the things that you would like to see, or would like to read, or, yeah. What do you mean the things that I see would be the things that you see? What do you mean by that? Imagine if we were all colorblind, and no one had a bias about anything, I think, in my like grand utopian alien future, that's what it is. It's like there's no classism, there's no gender, there's no racism. It's just like this is so utopic to live in a world where it's like I get paid the same as you, and I can do the same things as you, and just because my name is spelled weird, you're not gonna give me a job. You know what I mean? That's it's like this like is what this is what your science fiction consists of. Your science yeah. fiction just consists of like of an elimination of wage discrimination and of like <laughs> yes, because <laughs> that that would be. Terrifying. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll end on that fantastical <laughs> note. Ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Lauren Bride. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, it really helps us out if you leave a review on iTunes. Uh, please go ahead and do that. It helps a lot. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.